Hello, and welcome to the Villain Era podcast. I'm so excited to be back. I know that I definitely said I was going to release an episode last Friday, but it's, gosh, it's been almost a month. I think the holidays, honestly, I had like some guests aligned and everyone was just so busy. We ended up rescheduling and pushing things back. So jumping in this year and yeah, I thought I was going to release one last week, but I think that I ended up having COVID for the first time, hadn't had it. And I was really Christmas Eve, well, Christmas night, I started to get a little bit of a cough. And then I woke up on the 26th and I was just feeling like absolute crap. I woke up at like nine o'clock and I did not end up actually getting out of bed until two-ish. And the only reason I got out of bed is because I had plans that day with my mom. And I was like, okay, like I'm not home a lot. I need to go try and hang out with her. And I got up and I was feeling so bad in the car. I was like, I don't know if I'm just cold because Cincinnati's cold or if I am actually having a fever. And I ended up going, we went and we went bowling. If you guys know what that is, you basically throw a bowling, you throw a football at bowling pins and it is a lot of fun. And I started to feel fine after that. So it was like, basically like, I don't know, a few hours the next day I had plans felt pretty fine. I definitely had a little bit of a cough. Um, and so like, it didn't last long at all. And then we drove back home, but I did was planning to record. I definitely had a cough and I wasn't feeling great. We drove back home and I had a little, like one time in the car where I started coughing. Otherwise I was feeling totally fine. But then five people that I have been around have tested positive for COVID. So chances are that's probably what I had, which yeah, I've, I have been bragging that I have been COVID free this whole time. So I think I will stop bragging on that. <laughs> um, but at least it didn't hit me too hard. So I am going to kick off this year with 10 lessons I learned from 2023. And to be honest, when I was brainstorming with this, I came up with a lot of different things, but I wanted to definitely pick some lessons that I felt tied into the things I did last year, the things that happened, and a lot of the growth that happened. And last year was a huge year. So really, uh, technically it was kind of the end of December of 2021 that I came to Austin, but it has been basically, you know, January is when I had really come back and said, okay, I'm staying here. So that was huge. That happened in 20, well, 2020, 2022 is when I said I was going to come to Austin, December, 2022. So to 2023, I'd come back from Christmas really when I ended up, you know, staying here. April, I moved out of my sister's into my first new place. And then July, I moved into my current place with my roommate, which was really awesome. I really just actually started to make Austin more of a home, which was a huge thing. I also became an aunt, became an aunt. I don't know how I like to say that yet, but that has been such an awesome experience this year. And I got into a new relationship. I know I have just gushed about that plenty on the podcast. And I think that I really was able, well, my divorce was officially finalized. That was huge. And also just so much growth and getting to learn who I am again and rebuild this life and really rebuild a lot of things. I had to do a lot of changes in my business, explored a new, a lot of new options there, but it's been a really 
exciting and awesome year. And some of the lessons I'm going to bring you range from dating to silly life advice to just things that I think have changed my quality of life on a day-to-day. And I think also hitting on some things where maybe like we hear this advice from people all the time and what my spin on it is. So I've got 10 lessons for you guys I want to dive into and I'm excited to share. So number one, lesson, this is so true, but I think that listens to listen to words and actions. I think so often we're like, when we're dating or we're trying to figure out what's going on, people will say, well, pay attention to their actions. You know, are they doing the things? And then maybe someone also will hear, well, if someone says this, believe them. And I have really been just hit in the face that actions don't necessarily mean what you think they mean. If we go back to the start of the year, I was dating Dumpling Boo. And if we look at actions, if we just focused on that, I really thought that that relationship was going to go somewhere. You know, when we think about situationships, a lot of times we complain that we're not going on dates or things aren't, they're not doing those things. But like we went on dinner dates almost every week. He paid, he took me out, we spent time together. So actions were lining up. And then in terms of words, there were words where he referenced, oh, I talked to my best friend about how we'd have D1 babies or things which talked about the future that again, I thought meant something. And my roommate and I joke now all the time, we're like, I actually swear guys will say these things where they talk about the future or they like future cast. And then we as women, I think, give those, we think those mean something. And lately I'm like, I don't think that means shit. I think that they're just talking and they say these things and they don't actually realize that when they talk about the future, it gets us excited. (laughs) So there were also some words though of, I remember when we were talking about New Year's Eve, I had like joked about kissing someone else. And he said, well, kiss whoever you want. And I thought he was just joking as well. Turns out, no, he was very much like, we're not dating, kiss whoever you want. And so making sure that words and actions are both aligning, I don't think you can really just trust one or the other. Also looking with veggie, you know, we were spending a ton of time together. And with the words, he was telling the words of, I love you. I would do anything for you. I treat you better than any other girl I've ever dated. But the actions were when you ran into me at the bar, you either acted like you didn't know me. And then, or if you saw me out with another guy, that's when you got jealous. That's when you cared. But again, Not so much, I think, the topic of like, you know, pay attention to actions as an advice, but ultimately it's words and actions. And those have to align. I am so big on do what you say, say what you mean, you know, um, really making sure that if you say you're going to do something, you follow that up. That is huge to me. And then I think I really saw what it should be like when I met my boyfriend because his words and his actions aligned. It took three weeks for us to be official. And right off the bat, he just had no problem saying his intentions. He had no problem telling me he was planning to not date anyone else. And it was all aligning while taking me on dates and making effort and calling me. So when you're dating, I think too, and honestly, this isn't even just dating, right? Like this is friendships. This is business partnerships, but 
are your friends showing up with words? Are they showing up with actions? And making sure that that all aligns, because I don't really think that, I think dependent on the person, they might give one weight more weight to one or the other. And so we can't really be left to just interpret that on their own. But if something is making you feel anxious, that's a very clear sign. Lesson number two, and this is a silly one, but I swear this has changed my day-to-day -day life so drastically. And this is to put your dishes in the dishwasher right away. As soon as you are done eating, put the dish in the dishwasher. I used to be such a put the dish in the sink, I will get to it later kind of person. And then the people that I lived with, the first house I moved into in April, my one of my roommates was so clean and he put everything in and I started doing it because I was like, I don't want to be that dirty roommate. And honestly, it just makes life so much easier. Not perfect here. There's definitely times where the dishwasher needs unloaded or something, but I swear, game changer of a habit. Lesson three, stop expecting a landing pad in life and be okay with stepping stones. This is something that I really had to work on. I just kept going to therapy and I was just, I was going to therapy. I was reading my horoscope because, you know, sometimes you just really got to believe in something. And I was thinking about when is it all just going to fall into place, right? When is this all going to click? When is everything going to feel secure? And I wanted just like, next month, next month. Well, when this happens, everything will be okay and like perfect. And that's really not reality. And it's really not reality in the way that I have set up my life. You know, maybe a landing pad feels more achievable for someone who has a more standard career path, who has a nine to five. Maybe that feels like, hey, you know, if I finally get this job, that will feel more stable. But as someone who is an entrepreneur and who is down to move and doesn't know sometimes where the next paycheck is coming from, right? It's like figuring it out. That stepping stones, they keep you afloat. They're going to keep you moving forward and it's totally fine. And life is just made of that, right? It doesn't have to be, I think if I truly did have a landing pad, I think that would be something where I would probably get a little bored. I would kind of be like, I don't know. I've been chasing these dreams. I've been trying all this new stuff and I would sit in a landing pad and maybe that would feel nice for six months, but I'd be like, well, what's next? And so even if like the stepping stones feel like you might slip or they don't feel quite as secure, they keep you moving forward. They are there for your safety and leaning into that and just accepting that has been huge. You know, I just kind of stopped asking my therapist, well, when is it all going to click? And she asked me, she said, well, what would that even mean to you? What would that look like? And I think that there are some things that definitely would make maybe life feel a little bit more stable and secure that I could still focus on, but understanding that there's going to continually be changes in life and that's totally okay. Four, and this is a hard one, but this was, I really thought about a lot of different things. I have learned so much in dating and relationships and trying to focus on being in healthy relationships because obviously my last relationship was very, very unhealthy. And so this is something I, I've had so many different things that I have learned from this, but I think one of the things that hit the hardest was to learn that you can have a fight with someone and that doesn't mean they're going to leave you. 
I think that was such a huge trigger for me. It was something that really came up so often in my last relationships where anytime we had to fight, let me tell you this, I pack my life up, move myself to New Jersey, move my job, everything, leave my friends, right? And this, I do this in September. In October, my best friends are coming. My best friend and my sister come to visit for my birthday. And during that trip, my ex literally told my best friend he wanted to break up with me because I like to order pepperoni pizza. So if that doesn't tell you how toxic, like, oh, we're going to break up because of this. Every single thing, anything I did wrong, I'm leaving you. I'm done. We're breaking up. And so for me to have confrontation in a relationship was terrifying. And the first time I had a fight in my relationship, I literally, like we were on the phone and I just went, do you even want to be with me anymore? And I was talking to my therapist about that after. And she was like, Justine, you probably scared the shit out of him by saying that he was probably like, not thinking that it was at that level. And you go, do you even want to be with me anymore? I was just like, yeah, I could see where that would feel kind of scary on the other person's end too. But that's exactly where my head went of, well, if this is what we're going to fight, we're going to have a fight and this is this, you must be wanting to break up with me. And I think that starting to understand that that does not the case and that you can have confrontations with people, you can have conversations, not see eye to eye. And that doesn't mean someone is just going to leave you. You have to have like some safety there and feel okay with that. On the same side, I think making sure that if that is what's going to happen, right? If someone did decide, hey, I'm going to have one fight with you and leave you, then let them, right? <laughs> that let them mentality. If that's all it's going to take to get out of here, then get out of here because there's going to be way bigger things in five, 10 years. So make sure that before I don't even need to go down that road if that is how it's going to end. I think this is also something I really had to struggle with in terms of feeling like I had to be perfect to deserve love. This is something that was so, I don't like ingrained in me growing up. I feel like when I did really well at basketball, I got along with my dad better. If I got really good grades, you know, my parents, that relationship stayed better. If I just was perfect, then I was going to be loved. And it was nothing my parents outright said, but it's something I definitely felt and like projected on me. And I think that then also that really showed up in my past relationship where I felt I had to be perfect. And I always thought, well, if I just do this better, if I just don't fight back, if I just don't say something, then the relationship will be better. And ultimately, that was never, never going to fix the things we were going through. Lesson number five. And this one, guys, I want so many people to listen to this one. You do not need so much stuff. You don't. I literally moved down in July. I brought my car. I bought my mom. Well, I don't know if I've shared this, but I traded my mom my engagement ring for her car. And so after the Taylor Swift concert, I flew to Cincinnati and then I drove the car back. And I brought what would fit in that car. You know, even when I left my marriage, I got a SUV and I took only what could fit in an SUV. And then I moved in here and I had literally what could fit in a car. I did have to obviously buy a bed and a bed frame. <laughs> um, but I think that 
just seeing the overconsumption of products and the rise of TikTok, which basically feels like home shopping network lately. And then the desire to have this almost Instagram perfect life. And it has just been so kind of refreshing how little things I have. And I was talking about this, especially on my Instagram story when it comes to clothing, because if you look at my closet, my like wardrobe outside of my athletic wear, right, is very small. Up until yesterday, I had two pairs of jeans. I got two new pairs <laughs> um, because my jeans were not fitting anymore. But I had two pairs of jeans. I had two skirts. I had, well, I had two white skirts and one black skirt. I have a collection of a few black tops. I have a few fun items. But overall, I wear a lot of the same things. You know, I have a really great leather jacket that just feels really nice. It's always a staple. I have some really great black tops that I can just mix and match. And I think that one, I get compliments all the time that like the way I dress and things, I look like a rich bitch. And I, and there are certain things I will say, you know, really great leather jacket, nice pair of boots, nice shoes. I think those can really elevate an outfit. And when you spend money on that, they're going to last you a very, very long time. And also one of my jackets is vintage. It's from my mom. It's a hand-me-down that's lasted forever. And we just see so much of this fast fashion and consumption where people are, you have to buy, you keep buying this vegan leather jacket and it's plastic and you got to buy a new one every year. And yes, it's definitely an investment to buy that new one, but I'm sorry, to buy a real one, to buy a real leather, but it is going to last you so much longer. And just getting rid of a lot of stuff, like I just it feels lighter. It feels like, okay, what was I spending so much money on? I'm, if my friend listens, I'm going to kind of call her out a little bit, but you know, she opened, she sent a Snapchat, Snapchat of a drawer the other day and it had like eight different pink tumbler water bottle cups in it. And I'm like, why do we need so many of those? Right? Like I literally have up until this, I had a pink water bottle that I had for three years. And then I just got this one. I don't have a bunch of water bottles. I have two protein shakers, right? One I purchased and one was sent to me for free from a supplement company. But making sure that we just don't have to go to home goods and buy things randomly and we don't have to buy all this crap. And I think a lot of times it's like, what are we coping? Like, are we using shopping and things as a coping mechanism to like fill our life kind of thing? And yes, I definitely probably need a little bit more stuff than I have. But ultimately, I think moving away from such a shopping focused life is game changer. And also the fact that I haven't been spending money on, you know, I don't really, haven't really spent money on clothes, haven't bought new shoes in, gosh, over a year and a half. I haven't really purchased a lot of stuff. That's allowed me to then, while I'm going through all of these life changes, to continue to pay for therapy, right? Or continue to, um, you know, one of the things that I really did want to do is a lot of my stuff were things that I got from my wedding registry. And so if I was able to replace those things just because didn't have great, you know, that doesn't put you in a great mood when you're going to open up and you want a glass of wine and you're like, oh, I got this wine for my bridal shower. So that allowed me where I was like not spending money on so much crap, useless things that I could really focus on the things that were actually going to benefit my life. Lesson number six, 
is that therapy is not just for when you are going through it. Um, I definitely this year cut back on my therapy a little bit. I went, you know, I was going every week when I was really struggling. And this year I went more so maybe two times a month, um, two or like, you know, once every three weeks. And I think that even though I was not having necessarily like these massive things I needed to talk about or everything, it was like maintenance maintenance sessions. Because if you, similarly, if you're on a health and fitness journey, right? If you lose all the weight, you don't just stop going to the gym after, right? You have to continue to maintain that and continuing to go to therapy, even when things are good. And also having even just that reflection of saying like, Hey, things are really good. And getting to talk about that too is so powerful. And I think that if you just wait till things are bad, it's like, Oh my God, I got to dig myself out of my hole where if you can preemptively keep going and keep like showing up and doing those things for your mental health, when something bad does happen that next time, you're going to be more prepared for it. You're going to be able to handle it better. And so I know that it is such a, you know, I don't have health insurance. So I pay for every single session out of pocket. And at the same time, it's like one of those things that I have made work. Like I have to figure out how I can pay for this because it keeps me sane. Oh, lesson seven. I love this one. It's going to make me sentimental, but some like someone can come into your life at any moment and completely change it if you believe that's possible. And one, I think you could be that person, right? You always get the power to change your life. But I would say twice this year, once when I met my current roommate, you know, we just had followed each other. We are the invisible string. <laughs> We're the invisible string theory. We had followed each other. We had been in similar circles. And one day we, I just reached out to her via DM. We went to lunch and literally as soon as we, you know, we went to lunch and we spent the next 12 hours together. <laughs> it was like a marathon date and right away just became very quick friends, became such a you know, support system and rock and someone I loved having in Austin. And then from there became my roommate. Everything worked out so crazy with that story. She was actually supposed to move in with another girl who decided to not move to Austin. And that allowed us to then become roommates, which worked out perfectly for me because I didn't necessarily have that long-term plan. And I just remember thinking after we met and like while I was dating, how she just came into my life out of nowhere. I would have never expected that, right? And I remember thinking, and I've said this to people, I was like, if you as a friend can come into my life out of nowhere, unexpected, then that can happen also with a love interest. And that definitely helped me think about things when I was dating and trying to keep a positive attitude about it. And then that is literally what happened is I would never have guessed on that night that I met my boyfriend even when I met him, like I never would have guessed the way he came into my life and just things really like fell together and clicked. And someone that I had seen around a little bit, but like never thought twice about. And I just think that at any moment, again, it, it can be friendship, it can be relationship and also business partnership, right? Um, I applied for a bunch of jobs months ago and then randomly things came into my lap four months later. So I just think that you can always, if you're putting yourself out there and you're letting yourself be open to new experiences, be open to the fact that 
at any moment, some amazing new friend or some amazing new person can come into your life. Because I think, especially with friends, we complain so much as adults that it's so hard to make friendships, but it is possible. And you can, there are people that you have not met yet that are going to change your life. And I think that's a really beautiful thing to think about. You know, you have not met all the people in your life time that are going to love you. Lesson eight. So this one is quite not as happy, but people are going to tune in to watch you fail and you just got to let them again, let them mentality. I know for a fact, and I can see it in my podcast listens. I can see kind of where, you know, what episodes are the most popular, but so many people were especially tuning into this podcast to either hear me you know, spill gossip on my ex or to make fun of the fact that I was podcasting or people wanted to be like, why do you have a podcast, right? And they're going to tune in and they're going to watch your Instagram stories and they're going to watch your TikToks and they're just going to sit and they're not, they're not necessarily there to support you and they're waiting for you to fail. And the thing is, is that the people who want you to fail and the people who are mean are often also the loudest, you know, which that I just want to say to that, if you are someone who, and I don't mean this, that like you need to come message me, right? But if you're someone who you really love a creator, you love listening to someone's podcast, you love watching their Instagram, let them know, because I guarantee they're probably getting a lot more hate than you realize. And those voices are always so much louder than, you know, the nice messages. And I will say like one of the times I usually get nice messages is if I repost, I'm like, oh my God, like, you know, people were calling me like fat and dumb on a TikTok. And I like reposted that. And like, that's when other people will like message me and be like, I just want you to know, I really like your content. But um, I think making sure that, you know, if you can support people, especially small business owners, creators, guys, like we are not Amazon. Like when you say something nice to us, it makes such a world of difference. And also you can support us without spending any money by resharing a post, by resharing a podcast episode, you know? So anyway, going back to the lesson that there are just going to be some haters in the world and they're going to watch you fit. They're going to want to watch you fail. And like, let me tell you, I'm just going to give you a good show. If that's what you are wanting to tune into and you're not cheering me on, I'm sorry about you because it's all going to work out and I'm going to make sure it's entertaining as hell because I want to live an entertaining life. So I think that keeping the, you know, keep pushing on, don't let them get you down. And ultimately, you know, goodwill always win. And the, the, maybe the people you're touching aren't quite as loud in the comments, but it is so worth it. And you can truly change people's lives just by sharing your own story. Lesson nine, and this is age is just a number. And I know people say this all the time, but I had to really deal with this this year. I think that there was some things where I thought, you know, I mean, at 32, I moved back in with my mom. I'm like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Or I am 34, I'm going to be 35 and I'm going to have a roommate. I already planned to stay with my roommate, right? I'm like, oh my God, is 35 too old to have a roommate? And then I was like, why? I love living with my roommate. We have fun. We enjoy living together. So why would I care that there's like this arbitrary thing? Oh, I'm 35 and I have a roommate. 
that I think is, you know, looking at age as a number on myself. And I then look at, you know, my great grandma who is 92 years old and she is just full of so much spunk and life. And she has such a social life. And she's always said like, I don't ever feel my age. You know, I still feel like I was like 30. And so I think not letting society standards of what we should or should not be doing by a certain age you know, the only time I really do contemplate my age and think about it more so is in the scheme of kids and a biological clock. And while that obviously is real, we also live in a world where people are having kids older, or I've always said I've been open to adopting. So, you know, if I get to be 42 and I'm like, man, I miss my window here, I will go adopt someone. But I think that understanding that age doesn't define someone's maturity level. It doesn't define where you need to be at a certain point of your life. And I have also seen this a lot with dating where I think so many guys, so many people will be like, oh, well, that guy, he's 26. No wonder he handled things like that. Um, I literally got stood up by a 38 year old and then ghosted by a 36 year old. So we can't just be like, oh, he's 26. That's an excuse, right? Because no, people are just kind of shitty at any age. And that is not worse. Honestly, a 26 year old is the only person who really had the balls to end something to my face, even though he was the youngest. So understanding that that is not, you know, um, I also dated 28 year olds who were very different spots in their career, very successful. Maybe they handled that really well, but then they were in different spots socially, or I always laugh. I think my boyfriend, he is 30, I'm 34, and he is a riot and like wild, but he's also a very like old soul at the same time. And so kind of understanding where I don't, and I joke with him all the time. I'm always like, I think I'm younger than you. And he's like, what do you mean? And I just feel like I, I'm like, I'm younger than you, even though I'm 34, I'm younger than you. And more so, I mean that I like to go out still more than him um, or things like that, where we have these like preconceived notions of, well, you have to act a certain age and listen, I'm going to just keep doing what I want to do. And I don't know, maybe I'll have a roommate at 45. We'll see. <laughs> um, so I think that remembering that and enjoying yourself and like, different people are going to act differently in different stages of their life. And then 10, I love this one, is you get to manifest a really freaking awesome life or you can manifest a disaster and whichever, like it is up to you on which you pick. And I went through such a phase where I was just like going, like telling my therapist, oh my God, my boyfriend's going to break up with me. Oh my God, this is going to end so badly, all of this stuff. And then I think back to when I didn't want to go on a trip and my flight got canceled. I was like, wow, the power of our thoughts really affect things. And so I just decided that, you know what? I was just telling my roommate this today. I'm going to manifest a beautiful, happy life. I'm going to manifest a beautiful, happy relationship. And I'm not going to be afraid to show my love and my care because ultimately if things don't work out then at least I've learned what I deserve in a relationship at least I have seen how I can be treated and learned so many other things from that and I'm going to do my like life is short and like I just was saying in other things people are mean so if we can 
fill this world with more love and happiness, then I think that is so worth it. And I'm not going to hide my feelings about someone because I'm afraid of rejection or I'm afraid of being the one who likes the other person most, but you are going to, you are in charge of your life and you get to decide. And I can look at my past year. I was thinking about this when I shared my 2023 recap, because I shared such a highlight. And then I shared, wow, looking back on this year was so amazing. And I get to choose that I can look back on this year and think that because on the flip side, I can look back at this year and I can think about the nights I cried the amount of terrible messages I was sent. I can think about all of the hell my ex put me through. I can think about the fact that I had to pay for a divorce lawyer. I had to go to divorce court. I could think about barely being able to like afford to move into my new apartment at first and like struggling like I have never known before. I could have thought about all of those things in the past year and been like, wow, this was a really hard year. And instead, I looked back at all of the beautiful things that happened, and I was just like, this was a really freaking awesome year. And yeah, there were a lot of nights where I cried, but amazing things happened, and I'm so grateful for it and all the struggles that I went through. So I, I was kind of I actually annoyed. You know, I understand everything on the internet. You always have to have like this caveat of people saying, hey, it's the end of 2023, and if you feel like everyone's posting highlights, just so you know, it's okay if you didn't have the best year. And I understand the sentiment behind that. I understand where people are struggling and they want to say, hey, it's okay. But it's just kind of like, oh, we got to say it with everything. And sometimes I just want to be like, it's okay to think things were really great. It's okay to be like, wow, these were my highlights and show that you were really happy. And it's okay to look back where even if you had a year that really struggled, you can choose to look back on that on a really beautiful year. So yeah, I love that. <laughs> Putting myself in a good mood by just sharing this. Um, so I'm really curious if you guys have any major lessons that you learned in the past year please DM them to me, share them. I would love to chat. I would love to know what the biggest lesson 2023 taught you and kind of how you're excited or hopeful going into 2024. And if you guys enjoyed this episode, please, like I mentioned, share it. Um, let me know, shoot me a DM. I am happy to be back and recording new content for you guys. And I hope everyone has a great weekend.